The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Voice of America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice of America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams, and my co-host is... Jacob Greer. And to join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at Sports at yahoo.com. Jacob, how's your week going in this hot and humid Houston weather? Well, Lamont, so far so good, man. Yeah, man, I'm loving life right now and excited about talking sports, so let's go ahead and jump into the show. Today's show, we'll discuss Tiger Woods winning the Memorial Tournament as well as Major League Baseball. We'll go around the NFL Discuss the Houston Texans' week four of organized team activities. Play my interview with Houston Texans rookie wide receiver Mike Jones. Uh, reinvite John Ingoldsby, our AFC East NFL insider for this year, back to the show. But Jacob, let's go. But first, Jacob, let's go and recap the NBA Finals, starting with uh, uh, Game Two. Uh, pretty much, Jacob Courtney, Love, Courtney Lee missed that potential game winning alley oop. And uh, Paul Gasol dropped like seven points in overtime, giving the Lakers the 2-0 win heading to Orlando. Well, I'll tell you what, Lamont, you know the uh, last-second shot wasn't as easy as it looked on, uh, on TV, you know. Uh, yes, missing that shot and forcing overtime where the uh, Lakers went on to uh, grab that victory and, you know, take control of the series with a 101-96 win. Yeah, Magic got great performance from Rashard Lewis. He dropped like 34 points. But uh, in the first two games, man, the Magic has been doing a lot of turnovers, uh, having a lot of turnovers. I think the last in game two they had like 20 turnovers. So uh, that set up for game three. And pretty much in game three, Orlando got their Magic back uh, uh, last night. The white Superman Howard showed up last night dropping 21 points. But uh, besides that, Jacob, the Magic shot very well from the field. I think they had like a record high of 63% from the field last night. Well, Lamont, you talk about turnovers uh, in game one and two. You know, you had Jamal Nelson coming back, and, uh, you know, Rayford Austin has been doing it pretty much since his pickup or the trade, uh, you know, from Houston. But, you know, when they put Jamal Nelson back into the mix, I think it threw off Rayford Rayford Austin just a little bit. And uh, that's what, probably why you saw so many turnovers in the uh, in the first two games. But you know the Orlando Magic, they return home, got a little home cooking. They played much better, uh, you know, at home, and uh, you know they were able to garnish the one hundred eight one hundred four win on last night. Yeah, when when Stan Van Gundy uh, made that, that that adjustment in in game one with Jameer Nelson, 
I really couldn't understand uh, what he was trying to do due to the fact that Rayford Austin got him to the finals. However, after watching their game plan in game two as well as in game three, uh, I think uh, Stan wants a point guard at, at Jamil Nelson's caliber to kind of penetrate that Lakers defense and kind of break down that defense so they can you know, use, utilize uh, uh, Superman Dwight Howard a little bit better as far as dunking the ball and penetrating, uh, uh, being dominant down low. Uh, however, Ray for Austin, man, he needs to he, – he did pretty well last night. If he can continue to play well like that, you know, the series now looking up and it's, it's very interesting now. So let's go ahead and talk about the announcement the NBA made this past weekend, Jacob, uh, moving, the, moving the NBA All-Star game uh, back to L.A. in 2011. Great move on the league's part, PR move, as well as for the city of L.A. Uh, I think the league is trying to follow – the NBA is trying to follow the NFL – uh, lead far as moving their festivities to warm weather cities, and and also in return with this tough economy days, I think bringing it back to LA will be a great instant, uh, be a great way to bring revenue into that city, Jacob. Well, I tell you what, when you talk NBA, uh, you know how can you not think about the uh, you know Los Angeles Laker? Even the logo represents a Los Angeles Laker, and for. Uh, the NBA to move that game back to Los Angeles where it's all Hollywood and movie stars, uh, I think that was a great marketing move, and I think it's going to be a very uh, festive event for, uh, for not only the players but the uh, you know, fans uh, as well. Yeah, let's stay in L.A. Uh, with L.A. Clippers having the draft, the number one draft pick in this, draft, this month's draft, Blake Griffin had his first public pre-draft workout for the Clippers last week, Jacob, pretty much in front of you know, ticket holders and, and the media. You know, like I stated a couple of weeks ago, Blake Griffin's talent is off the charts. However, Jake, I think in order for him to be an all-star at the next level, he needs to develop like a mid-range jumper uh, to improve, I mean, to go along with that dominant inside play he played at uh, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma. Well, I tell you what, you know, he's impressing a lot of scouts in the uh, or the Clippers uh, in his uh, pre-draft workout with them. And, you know, they have the Lake Show out in Los Angeles, but, you know, it may be the Blake Show uh, coming up. But, you know, he, he's doing really well in his workouts for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. And at one time, you know, the Clippers were thinking about, you know, maybe trading that first pick uh, uh, in return for something else. But I tell you what, after his workouts, I think the Clippers are convinced that they're probably going to take him at number one and probably move one of those big men somewhere else uh, in return for a uh, number three or four, a, 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 a big guard or a small forward uh, in exchange for one of their big guys. Yeah, I think they're going to pretty much, he's going to be the foundation moving forward, and they're going to build around him uh, in, within this draft. Uh, let's talk about another guy that stock is rising, uh, former pit star forward, uh, DeWan Blair. Uh, he shed some weight doing his offseason working out down in Florida. Stock has uh, is increased on, on the draft uh, scouting board. Uh, uh, Jacob, I got a question for you. What, what team do you see uh, DeJuan Blair going to in the NBA draft? Well, I tell you what, you, one of the things you have to sit down and consider is he's going to be a top-five pick. And, uh, you know, with his strenuous workouts, uh, you know, there's a number of teams at the top that could select him if they need him, you know, at the position in which he, he plays. Uh, but, you know, shedding 30 pounds, dropping the 275, you know, the question becomes now, is he a top five or top ten pick? And, uh, you know, that's something that, he, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, but, you know, but the jury is still out on him. You know, when someone drops that amount of weight, uh, you want you want to see, you know, how they perform 
you know, from the weight class that he was at when he was at Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's a wait-and-see game for most of the uh, scouts for the NBA, and uh, that's what we have to do. We have to wait and see where he'll fall. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, the Washington Wizards probably pick him up with the fifth pick in this month's draft. Let's go ahead and stay in Cali since we're showing some California love here and talk about Shady Tim Floyd resigning uh, uh, yesterday from allegation that he gave $1,000 to a man uh, 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 trying to steerhead uh, O.J. Mayo to the Trojans. Jacob, we talked about this story before last month, and, and like I said, uh, Tim Floyd committed pretty much career suicide by giving that street agent money and, uh, and I, I pretty much can bet that he's done in the NCAA. Well, yeah, I don't know if he's done, uh, but you know, there's, there's, you know, there's a, you know, dark cloud over the uh, USC sports program because you know the uh, NCAA is still investigating the uh, Reggie Bush itch issue with, uh, you know, with football. So for this to come up. Uh, with O.J. Mayo and Tim Floyd, is you know, it's bad for the university. But you know what, Lamont, he got caught. It happens throughout college. Uh, it's just unfortunate that he got caught doing it. Yeah, things things happen throughout college. But now, you know, the school has to suffer for his actions. And I really don't see another school in the near future investing in a guy that's you know with a dark cloud over him like like Tim Floyd and, and with his previous history of failing in the NBA. I think he's going to take some time off, and, and maybe three, five years from now, somebody will give him another stake. I mean, another shot. But I don't, I don't see it right now. Uh, or, or he might go coach high school or something. I don't know. Let's go ahead and stay on along those lines of coaching. A story that came out a couple of weeks ago. We didn't get a chance to talk about last week. Was former uh, Kentucky basketball coach Billy Gillespie suing UK University of Kentucky for uh, a breach of contract? Jacob, uh, you know, this one's a little tricky in my opinion, Jacob. Uh, UK said that uh, University of Kentucky said that Billy Gillespie never signed a contract, but he said he signed a memo of understanding. Uh, it just it, it comes down to uh, the verbiage and, and what was signed and what was not signed. But at the end of the day, Jake, I think uh, University of Kentucky got that guy and uh, 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 the coach from Memphis, and I think to avoid a PR nightmare, they're gonna go ahead and, and pay Billy Gillespie his money. Well, you hit it right on the head. I think to avoid, you know, uh, a, a media nightmare, I think they are going to uh, give him something uh, in return, uh, you know, for him to uh, move on and, and, and shut that lawsuit down. But it's just unfortunate, you know. Uh, he was thinking that he had a seven-year deal with Kentucky, and Kentucky was saying, you know, there was no clause that he was guaranteed that. So it's going to be a messy situation before it clears up. Uh, I know University of Kentucky probably want to keep it, you know, at a minimum in terms of media coverage. Yeah, yeah, you're right, absolutely right. I really think they're gonna move forward and give him his money. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about our boy Sir Charles Barkley, man. Uh, he stated a couple of weeks ago that he gave up gambling, but he didn't give up drinking. But he's not driving. <laughs> One thing about Charles uh, uh, Jacob that the media loves and everybody loves is that his, you know, he's very candid. And in the world that we live in, people forgive you if you're honest and upfront with them. So I think, you know, I appreciate Charles Barkley being upfront, stating that he, you know, he learned from his, uh, from his DUI arrest back in, you know, New Year's Eve. But at the same time, he's still a man and he's going to continue to do what he wants to do. 
Well, I tell you what, Lamont, he was truly blessed with the gift to, uh, you know, just tell it like it is, whether, you know, it offends someone or, or, or not. And, you know, I'm a big Charles Barkley fan. And, uh, you know, you know, Lamont, when you go out on a golf course, you know, you're going to pick up a beer or you're going to pick up some wine or something, you know, just to have fun. And I think that's what he was doing. You know, as long as he's having fun playing golf and drinking and he's not doing it at, you know, a considerable rate, uh, you know, I think he's okay. In terms of gambling, he stated that he was going to stay away from that. He has done that. So, you know, I just think the guy's out having fun, and I think we're, we're reading uh, too much into, what, you know, what's going on with him now. I agree. Jacob, it's time for us to take a short break. After we take this short break, we re-invite John Inscoe back to our show to talk NBA, NFL football as well as Major League Baseball next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mont Wills and co-host. Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Well, I was out with my girlfriends the other night. On my way back to my car, a guy jumped out from behind an SUV. Fortunately, I had my taser from SpyUnlimited.com. That was a close one. The tools you need to protect yourself are right here. SpyUnlimited.com carries non-lethal self-defense weapons such as stun guns, pepper sprays, and tasers to help you defend and protect yourself and family when you need it most. You'll also find a large inventory of top-quality professional supplies for security and law enforcement agencies, home, child, and personal alarms, asset protection, hidden safes, spy gear, and other unique gifts and gadgets. Call us at 1-323-515-458. Nine or click on the SpyUnlimited.com banner on this internet channel. Internet channel. Internet channel. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannons. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of his canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice of America Sports Network. Jacob, this is the second segment where we invite people to the show to talk a little sports. And I want to go ahead and re, uh, re-invite a good friend of mine and a good friend of yours as well now, Jacob. Uh, John Ensgoes be back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle, John. Thank you, Lemont and Jacob. It's my pleasure to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Oh, man, it's always good to have you back online. For the listeners out there, John is uh, up in Boston, and he will be covering – he will be our AFC East insider for, this, for the NFL this year. So before we talk NFL, John, let's go ahead and, and talk about a, a great series that's starting tonight, which is the Yankees versus the Red Sox. Uh, uh, how do you think pitcher Tim Wakefield will do tonight? Well, so far, so good. Uh, they're in about the third inning, and uh, the Sox are up 4-1. to one, And uh, Wakefield is throwing well. The, the knuckler is fluttering tonight, so that's a good sign. And, uh, yeah, Wakefield has a 7-3 and three record, and uh, the drum is starting to beat for him to make his first ever All-Star game. And, uh, you know, with that record... Uh, and, you know, his 15 years in the big leagues and, you know, good citizen, character guy. Uh, you know, there's, again, a lot of uh, talk that they people would like to see him in the All-Star game. So a win tonight would go a long way toward uh, achieving that. Yeah, yeah. So far, the Red Sox have, you know, been having the Yankees' numbers uh, this year. Uh, do you think the Yankees will win this series for the first time? Well, you know, uh, they certainly hope so because uh, – Last night they lost their sixth in a row this year. They're 0-6 against the Sox here in uh, 2009. And uh, it's the first time since 1912 that the Yankees have been started the season 0-6 against the Sox. And uh, 1912, of course, was the year where Fenway Park was built and the Titanic sank. Not necessarily <laughs> unrelated events. Yeah. I'm talking with Don Ensglesby, AFC East NFL insider for Outside the Huddle this year. Uh, Jacob, I know you got some questions about baseball, being a former baseball player, so I'm going to go ahead and open up for your questions. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, with, uh, with uh, uh, the uh, Yankees uh, uh, in town now uh, uh, for, with Boston, you know, Ortiz, he, he's coming out probably his uh, worst season last year, but it seems like he's warming up a little bit. Uh, just give us a little bit of overview of what you think about David Ortiz and uh, his return uh, to his uh, normal uh, state uh, of playing baseball. Well, he finally last night in the second inning hit one on the nose. As someone who watches a lot of Red Sox up here and goes to a fair amount of games as well, it's truly the first good hit, meaning the previous, former David Ortiz type hit of the entire year. And I, I, that sounds hard to believe on June, June 9th, but, uh, you know, he nailed it right on the nose, dead center. It had that, you know, it got out in a hurry, you know, had that missile feel to it like uh, Ortiz's hits used to be. For instance, his second home run of the year about a week ago, you know, just barely wrapped around the pesky pole at 309 feet. Last night was truly reason to get excited after, you know, 
batting below the Mendoza line in the, in the one high 100s in the month of June. Uh, he's batting uh, about 290. And again, no, no sign more positive than one swing last night. And seeing that ball jump off his bat was truly like uh, cause for hope, finally, that maybe he is coming out of it. So, you know, if he, if he does come out of that slump and they decide to put him back at uh, first base, what do you do with uh, Mike uh, Lowell? Well, um, you know, they, they really like uh, having, you know, Lowell at third. Uh, you know, he's fully recovered from his injury. Euclid plays gold glove defense at first, so they like to keep him in there. They really want to keep. Uh, David Ortiz in that DH slot. Um, you know they're coming up against the Phillies this weekend, so there may be a little glove time for Ortiz, or you know once they get into some more interleague play. But uh, you know that's why it's so important for Ortiz to hit because that justifies his presence in the lineup. If he's not hitting and he's not fielding and he's not obviously not coming in as a pitch runner, um, you know you know then. You know, his role on the team is, you know, called into question. So he needs to hit, and uh, everybody is really, uh, you know, hoping that we've turned the corner here and that last night's one swing may have been uh, the key moment that we've all been waiting for. Only time will tell. He did hit one tonight, I might add, to uh, center field warning track. So, Okay. Okay. Hey, you know, uh, both teams John are you know, tied, tied at the uh, AL uh, East Division at 34 and 24. Uh, you know, after tomorrow's night game, they don't see each other again until August. Now, I want you, I understand you're a Bostonian and you represent that region, uh, but who do you think will be the uh, hottest team come August, uh, you know, prior to September when everything really counts? Well, I think that uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the Sox and the Yankees, uh, and I say that you know, uh, just like the old days of two or three years ago. <laughs> um, I say that because you know, the Sox have the pitching with some pretty good hitting, and the Yanks have the hitting with some pretty good pitching. Um, you know, Tampa Bay certainly don't count them out, uh, but you know, the, the, there's questions there. As to whether or not they repeat, they will, you know, can repeat. Uh, there's certainly the talent there, but uh, you know, last year was such an astounding performance on their part to blow by, you know, everyone, including Boston and New York, to win the division. I just don't know if they can do it two years in a row mentally. Uh, again, the talent is extraordinary down there. Right. Also, uh, Toronto, you, you know, I, I think they, you know, are, are, we're showing signs, you know, with losing 8, 10, 12 in a row, and the, the way they lost some of those games was uh, very disheartening. So they have yet to show that they can, you know, be a consistent contender. Okay. So uh, we shall see, but I think Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. We're talking with John Inscosby, AFC East, NFL insider for outside the huddle this year. John, let's go ahead and trans, trans, uh, transition into the NFL. Let's talk a little AFC East division. Sounds great. Uh, uh, what's the what's, what's the Patriots' mindset now that uh, Tom Brady is back practicing in OTAs? Well, I was over at uh, day one of minicamp today at Gillette Stadium, and uh, the mindset is, you know, cool, calm, and collected, just like Brady himself. The swagger is back. 
Um, <laughs> it, it was actually pretty exciting. Uh, you know, with Brady, I mean, it, it's about leadership. It's a, you know, and the team, it shows that the team recognizes that their leader is back. I mean, that is his number one attribute. It's not his right arm, and it's not his athleticism. It's his leadership. And uh, today's minicamp, for instance, Brady, you know, they, they run it with military efficiency, and Brady broke from one drill. He's barking, you know, to lead, you know, the quarterbacks and receivers into, you know, the next drill running, you know, from one field to the other. And uh, you, you could just tell everybody had big smiles on. And, he, again, just reminded us of, again, the old days of, you know, two, three years ago. And, uh, and then another time, you know, he was fist pumping with Randy Moss. It's clear they're they're very good friends. I, I've heard that from a number of resources, and today I just really saw it firsthand that you know they're they're hooking up and fist pumping, and you know they're the fun is back in Fox. Yeah. So you think you still think that the uh, the Patriots are the team to beat uh, heading into this season, especially in the AFC East division? Yes, absolutely. More so than ever, uh, despite what. Uh, you know, Rex Ryan at the Jets and Joey Porter with the Dolphins might think, and I'm sure T.O. with the Bills. Uh, Patriots are the team to beat. To, sit, to stand there today and look at Patriots 2009 with all they had left from 2007 and the uh, 18 wins in a row, um, Fred Taylor back number 21, Joey Galloway, number, you know, number 13 with his headband, you know, plus Chris Baker, Greg Lewis, uh, Alex Smith, you know, all added to the receiver core. That's, of course, with Randy Moss, Lawrence Maroney, Wes Welker, Ben Watson already there. These are all new faces that I was uh, first referring to. And then, uh, you know, on the defensive side, uh, you know, Lee Bodden and, uh, and Sean Springs um, yeah. Yeah. You know, are now suiting up for the defense. And most important news today was Vince Wilfork spoke to the media and – uh, we surrounded him, as you would expect, and, uh, you know, he, as he said, you know, he hates the business part of football. Uh, he had to do it, and by do it, I mean he sat out the OTAs for the last couple, couple weeks, uh, you know, sent a, sent a message, but was there today when it was, today was the first mandatory day, and Vince was glad to be out back on the, out on the field, but it's clear, you know, he, he wants his contract. Uh, he's heading into his contract year, and he wants it renegotiated. Uh, we'll see what happens, but. He was smiling today because he was back on the football field. Yeah. Well, John, well, we have well, less than two well, minutes. Well, I'll tell you what, John, you know, one, one of the things that I always think about football is there's three components. You have to have a great quarterback, yep. great, great wide receiver, and a running game. And, you know, we know the, uh, we know the uh, Patriots, you know, have Brady coming back, and, you know, you know they have the wide receiver area covered. Talk a little bit about the running game uh, uh, for the Patriots this year. Well, I thought Fred Taylor looked great. Physically, I mean, I, as soon as I got there, it just happened to be the first person I saw, and I uh, said to the person beside me, I just said, wow, I didn't realize, you know, he was just in, in that good a shape, like such a physical specimen. Um, I've seen him playing games and, you know, with the Jaguars, but uh, yeah, he just looked great, fit and ready to go. And then Lawrence Maroney, uh, he's coming back with a chip on his shoulder uh, from last year. Um, you know, he just feels that he... You know, was was injured, and it just uh, you know really impacted him. And there's a lot of talk up here that you know he's a number one pick, and he just hasn't really broken through. Although he's broken through with some runs, his overall career has not been 
quite what people hoped. And so he he certainly has the moves if he produces. And uh, so the thought of Maroney and, uh, you know, Fred Taylor in the backfield is enticing. And uh, so, you know, they brought they just re-signed Patrick Pass from yeah. the Super Bowl <laughs> years. <laughs> well, John, hold that thought. It's time for us to take a quick break. After okay. a short break, we'll, we'll finish up a little bit more Patriots. And talk a little bit more NFL next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Mega Life and Health Insurance Company can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and individuals just like you who need affordable health insurance to get it. So call us right now. 888-459-4825. 888 4825 Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, call us now and see how we can help you. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. Home office, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not available in all states. Benefits may vary by state. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're 
for Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. On the Voice of Force America Sports Network, uh, we have John Ensgo to be on the line with us, our AFC East uh, NFL insider for this year for Outside the Huddle. John, before I let you go, John, uh, one more question. I want to, how's Bill, uh, Bill Belichick up there in New England? I never had an opportunity to meet him, uh, but his persona and his image across the TV comes off as a, as a real cold guy. Is that, is that seems to be true up there in New England? Well, Belichick has achieved, uh, you know, near godlike status up here, uh, as evidenced by uh, the support he received with Spygate. Um, you know, today he came right over to the media, prearranged, of course, but he looked as relaxed and fit as I've seen him look uh you know, in a while, uh, I just thought he, he, you know, he was smiling and very engaging. Uh, but, but true to form, uh, the media was asking him about, you know, Tom Brady this, Vince Wilfork that, Rex Ryan this, and Belichick didn't bite. You know, he consistently does not talk about individuals. He talks about the overall team, the organization. He's asked about Brady, and he says he thinks everybody looks good, that type of thing. So, uh you know, uh, it's summer, he's in his element, which is teaching players on the practice field, teaching the game of football, it's, I think, what he truly loves. And, uh, you know, when, when asked what's on his mind, he said uh, exactly what you would expect. He's only thinking about Buffalo, first game <laughs> of the year, September 14th. <laughs> okay. Well, John, uh, Jake and I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, we want to keep in contact with you. We'll chime in and check in with you again early July before training camp, New England training camp starts. And, and if you got something going on up there for us with the Red Sox, uh, don't hesitate to call the show and let us know what's going on. Very good, Lemont. And uh, thanks to you and Jacob for having me on tonight. Uh, great talking with you as always. Yeah, thanks a lot, John. All righty. John. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Again, listeners, that's John Inscosby. He's going to be our AFC East. Uh, NFL insider for this year for Outside the Huddle. Uh, Jacob, let's go ahead and, and, and transition to our local team, our beloved Houston Texans, which uh, week four of, of OTAs, organized uh, training at, uh, activity, which will end, wrap up this week. I attended every OTA thus far, and uh, this week uh, the, the Texans kind of increased their uh, tempo during team drills. Uh, wide receiver Jacob, uh, Jacoby Jacobs, uh, his returning from injury looks great. He looked great during team drills. Uh, he beat uh, Jock Reed deep for like a 50-yard touchdown out there. And uh, uh, the Texans also signed their six-round draft pick cornerback Bryce McCain, the young man I've been speaking highly of for the last two weeks on the show. Uh, to this con- He signed a contract making him the first uh, uh, Utah grad to, to sign with the Texans or to be drafted by the Texans. But, Yesterday, uh, breaking news, all-pro tight end Owen Daniels. You know, he skipped out on OTAs this week. Uh, rumor was that he, he might be holding out due to a uh, contract dispute with the front office. So, all in all, uh, some new information with the Texans, and uh, looking forward for minicamp jumping off next week starting on Monday. 
Well, I tell you what, Olin Daniels, you know, he, he's a performer. And, uh, you know, I just hope the front office and Olin Daniels' uh, agent and, and, and staff can, uh, you know, get that worked out because, you know, you definitely want him in camp to make sure, you know, that offense is clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, see, the thing about, uh, about Owen Daniels' situation, uh, and, and, and I want to talk to you about it, is that, you know, he was promised something uh, by front office this past weekend. They said they would have a contract on the table by this past weekend, and nothing was, was even negotiated. So in return, he felt disrespected by the front office. What leads me to think that I don't know what's going on with the Texas front office. A lot of their uh, are solid guys from, from Dante Robertson to uh, uh, Owen Daniels to uh, D'Amico Ryans. Everybody's now that the team is, is, is turning for the good and everybody has high expectations for the Texans this year, a lot of these key guys are, are complaining about their contract issues with, with the front office. So all in all, Rick Smith is doing a great job through the draft, drafting guys uh, with Brian Cushion and, and Colin uh, McCall, uh, Baldwin. Uh, which will be attending minicamp starting next week uh, when Cincinnati wraps up school up there in Ohio. But, you know, I, I really hope that the Texans figure out a way to get, keep their guys happy and keep them on the team. But, uh, Jacob, had the opportunity to do some more interviewing. You know, I'm always trying to improve my, my interviewing skills each week. And uh, this week I had the opportunity to interview rookie wide receiver Mike Jones out of Sugar Land. So I'm going to go ahead and get our engineer, Will, to go ahead and play that, that, that interview real quick. This is Lee Mont Williams, host of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm at week four of Houston Texans OTAs. I have Houston Texans rookie wide receiver Mike Jones with me. Mike, uh, now with four weeks under your belt, uh, how's everything going thus far? I mean, it's good. I mean, trying to catch on the offense and trying to fit in where I fit in. and It's kind of a blessing to come out and play in your hometown and watch these great players every day and that you grew up watching when you were at home. But now that I'm here, just make it worthwhile. Okay. Uh, Having the opportunity to watch and learn from an uh, all-pro wide receiver like uh, Andre Johnson, uh, what have you learned from him uh, thus far? Oh, I mean, I've learned a lot. I've learned how to be a professional. I've learned how to practice. I've learned how to catch on to things and listen and be coachable. And I, I watch him every day, the way he runs his routes, the way he catches the ball, and one day hopefully I'm that good. I'm talking with Houston Texan rookie wide receiver Mike Jones. Uh, growing up in Sugarland, Texas, hometown kid, and uh now have an opportunity to sign as a free agent with the Texans. Uh, do you feel like there's any added pressure to make the team this year? I know. I mean, people say there's pressure, but I got to do is come out here and play ball. I mean, you grew up here, you played high school ball here, you played middle school ball here. You just got to get back to your comfort zone and just play ball when you come out here on the football field. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Again, for the listeners out there, that was rookie wide receiver, Houston Texans rookie wide receiver Mike Jones. I want to give him thanks for showing me some love at the OTAs and giving me the opportunity to ask him some quick questions. Uh, Jacob. Texans, man, uh, uh, look great, man. I mean, OTAs, you really can't, you know, everybody look good with no pads on, so everybody flying around and, and making big plays. But now that the tempo is turned up, uh, starting with minicamp starting on Monday, uh, I'm going to go out there with a different mindset and kind of evaluate guys a little bit different. Yeah, it's like putting something on uh, on the board before class and erasing it. I tell you what, you know, you're right. That's exactly what it is. Is OTAs. There's no pass. There's no hitting. There's no nothing. Uh, so you uh, you kind of like have to erase your thoughts on what you saw and uh, and and wait until training camp and then you know start all over again. Yeah. Speaking of starting all over again, let's talk about Brett Favre having surgery last week to repair his injured shoulder. Now. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings came out with an ultimatum saying he had a deadline this week, then retract that, 
I guess today, stating that uh, they're going to take the pressure and, and, and that deadline off his shoulders. Jacob, I, I think here, here's the thing. With, and I'm not even going to address Brett Favre because it's obvious that he's trying to come back. But let's go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and address Brad Childress, the uh, Vikings coach. Uh, in my opinion, I think he kind of crossed the line there as far as forcing a deadline on a future Hall of Famer quarterback. I think that the fact that uh, Brett Favre has surgery on his shoulder, he'd need a little bit more time to have, you know, for that shoulder to heal as well as I think he earned the right to take a little bit more time to make a, make a decision like coming back uh, uh, to the NFL. Well, you know, you're, 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 you're saying uh, Brad Childress, who's the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, but you have to understand that, you know, there could be pressure coming down from the front office to know what's going on with Brad Favre. You know, you, you don't want to sit back and, you know, trying to figure out whether the guy's going to be with your organization or whether he's not going to be with the organization. You really want to know so you can move forward and put certain components in place that's going to help your organization. Or you work with your original quarterback and, and, and try and get things going with him prior to the season starting. So I just, I just think they want some clarification in terms of, you know, what Brett Favre is going to do so they can move forward uh, in terms of getting their team ready for the uh, 2009 NFL season. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones came out uh, uh, stating that he might bring uh, Pac-Man Jones, Adam Pac-Man Jones, back to Dallas. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and here's my thing that on that situation as well as Jacobs. I, I, I really think that Jones was trying to make a statement by releasing guys like T.O. And, and, and Tank Johnson and Pac-Man. Now he's trying to bring back uh, Pac-Man to the team. I, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm getting the impression of Jerry Jones is the type of guy that 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 thrives off that attention. You know, having controversial guys on his team. But I really think that will kind of hurt hurt the chemistry that you know the coaching staff, uh, uh, Wade Phillips over there is trying to regain over with the players and the chemistry in the locker room. So I think all in all, bringing Jones back will be be a negative, not a positive. Well, I tell you what, you know, he's no J.R. Ewan. You know, there's, there'll be no Pac-Man Jones in Dallas. You know, it, it, it'll speak bad, you know, in terms of the players if he bring Pac-Man Jones back after telling everyone that he would not be back. Uh, so I, I don't think you'll see uh, Pac-Man Jones in Dallas anytime soon. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles running back Brent, uh, Brian Westbrook having surgery on his ankle. And, you know, well, we have I think we have less than one minute before our break, so – Let's go ahead and take this break now, Jacob, and when we come back, we'll pick up some more about the NFL as well as wrap up the show. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports what's it like what's it like it's lonely it's really lonely i miss my brother i miss my brother i'm surrounded by other people but it's not the same i've got other people around me but it's not the same 
It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle pretty me. scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always me. wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, this is our last segment before our show ends, so I'm going to touch real quick on, on the uh, Brian Westbrook uh, surgery, then we'll roll into Tiger Woods and also talk a little baseball. Uh, before we took our break, I teased that, uh, you know, about the Philadelphia Eagles wire, uh, running back Brian Westbrook having surgery on his right ankle uh, last week. Uh, so, Jacob, do you think Brian Westbrook will be ready, before the, uh, ready for season, regular season uh, opener? Absolutely. Okay, so you you think you think that those scar tissues that they remove and those bone fragments in his ankle will heal enough uh, before they open it, uh, uh, starting in what September? Yeah, I I think they I think he'll be one hundred percent before training camp. I, I disagree with you on that one. I I think it's going to take him a little bit since he you know he'd be thirty this year. He's a little bit up and 
up in age. He's been down this road before as far as uh, previous injuries. Uh, I, I think they're putting out that PR state that he will be ready, but all in all, I, I really don't think he'll be ready. But, you know, only time will tell. Let's go ahead and talk about our main man. You're a big golf advocate, Jacob. Let's talk about Tiger Woods winning the Memorial Tournament this past weekend, you know, uh, climbing out, what was it, a four-way tie, seven under, 65. He ended up winning the, the tournament, Memorial Tournament, this past Sunday. Uh, question for you, Jacob, since you're a golf guy. Uh, you think Tiger, you know, after having that surgery last June, matter of fact, did you think he would return so quickly back to the old Tiger? I thought it was going to take him a little while, but I tell you what, Lamont, man, if golf was baseball, he would probably be the best closer uh, in the leagues. I mean, he's definitely the best closer in golf right now. You think so? Absolutely. Well, I really haven't followed golf that much, but I am covering it because I went to the Shell Houston Open this you know, past April, so I'm starting to learn a little bit more about about the golf game and, and about closing the game. So. Uh, after Tiger won the Memorial Tournament, a couple of media uh, guys asked a question about sportsmanship, Jacob, and I thought this was very interesting because it was in reference to the LeBron James situation. Uh, one of the guys asked Tiger about uh, sportsmanship and whether you know athletes should shake hands after competition. And Tiger went on a record stating that uh, you know every every sport is different, every tradition is different. And I'm going to have to agree with him on that one, Jacob, because if you look at various sports out there, not everybody shake hands and, and congratulate their opponent after a competition. Well, I'll tell you what, there's nothing written in a contract that, you know, a guy has to shake someone's hand after a game. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, I just, it's just crazy that the media would, you know, bring something like that up. But you have to understand, he's under a microscope, and any little thing that he does is going to be blown out of proportion. Yeah, well... I mean, uh, now that I'm covering the Texans and I've been to the Rockets uh, doing the playoffs as well as Shell Houston Open, you know, to the average person that plays sports, some questions sound stupid, but, you know, those are the questions that you want to present so you can get, you know, those type of response. So, you know, now I'm on bo- I can see both sides of the fence. But uh, let's go ahead and transition into some little bit of major, major League Baseball. First, talking about the five-time Cy, Cy Young winner. Uh, Randy Johnson winning his 300 game last week. Jacob, make him the second oldest pitcher to, to reach that milestone. I just, I thought Randy Johnson was done, man. I thought he was done after he got let go or he was traded from the Yankees back to the Diamondbacks. But uh, it, it comes to show he still got some life in that arm. No, I tell you what, man. The big unit is, uh, you know, he's still doing it. Like you said, he he looks old, but uh, you know, he still has some uh, fire in the tank and. Uh, you know, uh, the baseball world was very proud of his accomplishments last week, reaching, uh, you know, 300 wins. Yeah, well, you know, with that uh, reaching 300 wins, well, you know, where do you where do you rank Randy Johnson when it comes to all-time pitchers? I don't know if he would be a top 10 pitcher. Uh, probably in my top 20, but not a top 10. Yeah, I, I got him in the I got him in the top 10, high on the on the 10 side, somewhere between nine and 10, but. Uh, you know, he he has a rocket on. One thing I, I remember about Randy Johnson is about him hitting that bird. Was it that seagull that came across the uh, across the mound or something a couple of years ago? Uh, That's one uh, thing that stands out to me about Randy Johnson. But since the Astros are, are, are up and down like a roller coaster, you think the you know, Astros should make a run for Randy Johnson uh, in the second half of the season? 
Absolutely not. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of the uh, Houston Houston fans are kind of like giving up on the Astros. They had a pretty good weekend, taking two or three from Pittsburgh. Uh, but you know, they have their uh, nemesis in town, which is the Chicago Cubs, and Chicago won last night seven to nothing. But you have to understand, it's the first half of the season. This is a second half team. And uh, I think you're going to see a better uh, uh, Houston Astros team in the uh, second half. There are only seven games out of uh, first place, which is not uh, that many. So uh, I think you'll see a better team in the second half. There you go with that language, that only first half and only this and this. I'm like, man, every day they line up, they should be able to try to win, at least compete. Some games they, they didn't even show up to play. But uh, that's anyway. Anyway, on that one, uh, I got another question for you since we're talking about the Astros. You. You think that uh, manager Cecil Cooper will make it, you know, to the All-Star break in July? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Why are you going to jump ship? You know, again, you know, here's a team that started out bad last year and finished strong in the second half. And, uh, you know, Lamont, uh, you know, you play players that doesn't, you know, that, that, that's not in your everyday lineup. You bring kids up from the minor leagues and you want to see what they can do and, you know, so he's experimenting with the uh, lineups. And, uh, again, you're only seven games out of first place. That's not far behind. And, again, you know, this is a second-half team, and I think you're going to see a better uh, a better uh, uh, Houston Astros team in the second half. Okay. Well, about three minutes before we wrap up the show, Jacob, i got to check back in with my NFL. You know I love talking about NFL and I've been raving about the new NFL PA director, Morris Smith, and I want to talk about this before we wrap up the show, so I want to hear your opinion before we wrap up. But NFL PA, uh, new director, Morris Smith, they had a, you know, reached a settlement with the retirees last week, somewhere about $26 million, Jacob. Uh, again, I can't, you know, this guy is moving in the right direction. He's, he's reaching out to the retirees. Now he's sitting down with, uh, with the commission trying to uh, renegotiate the uh, uh, new agreement. I just think this guy is, 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 is a good, fresh breath of fresh air for, for the uh, NFL. Well, it was nice to see, you know, the NFLPA drop the uh, appeal and reach an agreement, uh, you know, with the retired players. Uh, you know, uh, but, you know, all of this stems back to the John Madden EA Sports video games and other marketing tools that the NFL used to promote the NFL team. And, you know, I do think the retired players should have been compensated, and it looks like they will be compensated. Now, I think there's about 2,000 players involved in this $26.5 million settlement. Uh, so you're talking 2,000 into 26.5. Each player probably get about $14,000. I don't know how far that's going to go in today's day's world, but, you know, it's happy to see that they're getting something from the uh, John Madden deal. Yeah, well, something's better than nothing. Uh, and I hope my man Ray Ellis, our network director over at Voice of America Sports, getting a piece of that pie. But uh, if not, then I, we need to go ahead and call Demore Smith. But, Jacob, it's that time for us to thank all the listeners uh, for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lee Mark Williams and co-host. Jacob Greer. Don't you drinking water over there? Yeah, I was trying to get my water down. My throat <laughs> was a little dry. So. All right. Well, for our listeners, have a blessed week. And remember, sports plus business equals wealth. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. 
We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.